It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Let's get it going on the Locked On Thunder podcast, a part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your teams every day. I am your host, Ryland Styles. You can follow me on Twitter at Ryland underscore Styles. That's at R-Y-L-A-N underscore S-T-I-L-E-S. On today's show, it's playoff basketball time. We've got playoff basketball tipping off in mere hours between the Oklahoma City Thunder and the Houston Rockets. So this will be the final preview extravaganza before we get this series started. On Friday, we dove into the series. Yesterday, we talked more about it with Jackson Gatlin of Locked On Rockets. So if you missed those two shows, go back and listen right now because on today's show, I am going to be joined by some of your favorite people in Thunder Media. Coming up, you're going to hear from Andrew Schlecht of The Athletic and the Down to Dunk podcast. You're also going to hear from Madison Morris of 107.7 The Franchise, Olivia Penchel and Brendan Rabar of Daily Thunder as well. So you're going to get all access to what your favorite minds in the Thunder media landscape think of this series. But I did want to record this part of it to lead into that and also talk about some updates we've gotten along the way. Russell Westbrook is officially out for game one. That was found out on Sunday afternoon. And then Billy Donovan today told us that Lou Dort is unlikely to play in game one. So in game one, the Rockets will be without Russell Westbrook and your Thunder will be without Lou Dort. And the question becomes here, who do you start? Who do you start in place of Lou Dort? And this was asked to me by Jackson Gatlin on Locked on Rockets yesterday whenever we were speculating that the team might be without Lou Dort. And in my opinion, I, I understand the options, okay? The options are Hamadou Diallo and Terrence Ferguson. And you can even throw in there Andre if you want to, but I, I really don't see in a playoff atmosphere against a player like James Harden. I, I don't see Andre playing a huge chunk of minutes, especially to start the game. I think that you're going to want to reserve those minutes for at the end of the game when the possessions seemingly matter more. I don't think he can start your game and still play in that fourth quarter. So to me, Andre is out, but you never know with Andre and his abilities and the, and the trust that he's built up with Billy Donovan these last few years. So for me, it's between starting Dennis, starting Diallo, and starting Ferguson. Now Ferguson has had the uh, he's had the experience in starting playoff games. He's had the success against James Harden. Uh, on defense, as much success as you can have against James Harden. Obviously, you can't stop him, but Terrence Ferguson has not looked just embarrassing out there defensively, which is a big praise of any defender trying to guard James Harden. Uh, Diallo is one of the best shot disruptors in the NBA, according to Basketball Index, and, and he has earned the trust of Billy Donovan in these eight seeding games. You've seen Billy go to him more and more and more every single game. Every single game has been the first wing off the bench for the Thunder. So obviously there's something there that Billy Donovan loves to see Diallo on the floor. And then Dennis is just a part of your best lineup. Your best lineup on this roster is Shea, Chris Paul, Dennis, Gallo, and Adams. That's your best lineup you have. Uh, obviously, you will not have the defense that you would like, but you're not going to have that anyway whenever you lose Lou Dort. So my thing is, yes, I'll sacrifice a little defense against James Harden, but my thing is Terrence Ferguson 
is the best shot to maybe slow down James Harden. Now think about that. He's the best shot to maybe slow down James Harden. Hamadou Diallo can maybe slow down James Harden a little bit. That's a lot of word salad to say there is no true way to stop James Harden. So if we can all agree there's no way to stop James Harden, then why would I sacrifice offense that you need to keep pace with the Rockets and your best lineup getting even more minutes on the floor together for a slight chance that you can maybe contain James Harden a little bit. To me, you have to start your best lineup. You have to keep up with the Rockets scoring. You have to start that monster lineup that Billy Donovan so boldly calls it. This is the lineup that you think uh, you can put all the chips on the table with. This is the lineup you use in clutch time where you're a historically great clutch team. So you've got to use it from tip-off without Lou Dort. Now, when Lou Dort is ready to come back, I love having Dennis off the bench. He's the sixth man of the year for a reason. So put, put Lou Dort back in that starting lineup. But without Lou Dort as an option, to me, your options dwindle, you know, dwindle down to uh, Diallo, Ferguson, Dre, and Dennis. I'm taking Dennis 10 times out of 10. Now, I'm not sure what Billy Donovan will do, uh, and we'll get that answer much closer to tip-off to tip today. Uh, which tip-off is at 5.30 on TNT and Fox Sports Oklahoma. But to me, it's a clear answer. I have a for-sure thing, and that for-sure thing is Dennis playing extremely well and this team having a much better offensive output with a chance to wear down that Houston defense that is already uh, has rotational issues and depth issues, especially without Russell Westbrook. I either have a sure thing like that or I can put out on the floor Hamadou Diallo or Terrence Ferguson for a chance to maybe possibly might just slow down James Harden a little bit. Notice how none of the second option is to defend James Harden or to make sure James Harden does not kill the Thunder. He's going to kill the Thunder. That's point blank. He's going to kill everyone that he plays. He's a, he's a, a score. He's a professional score. He's an in unbelievable player. He's someone who's going to get points whenever he wants them. So what do you have to do to combat that? If you cannot slow him down defensively, you need to keep up with him offensively. And Dennis and this monster lineup does just that. So that's my big thing about Lou Dort being out. I did want to talk about some X factors heading in. And I have three big X factors heading into this postseason. I'm going to turn it over to all of our amazing guests towards the end of this podcast. But I do want to talk about Darius Basley because I think that as me and Olivia talked about, He's going to be a big key in this postseason. And you've heard my spiel before if you listened to the last three episodes. Billy Donovan wants to use Darius Baisley as a small ball five. What better time to do that than against a small lineup in Houston? Darius Baisley can, can execute this offense and this team in a way that helps you win and helps you beat the Rockets the, the best way possible. To me, the best way to beat the Rockets is not dumping it down low to Steven Adams and allowing the Rockets to, to take a breath and to regroup defensively, and to kind of gain some energy back. To me, it's running with them, not shooting threes with them, not jacking up threes in seven seconds or less, but upping the pace a little bit. And Darius Baisley can do that. Darius Baisley can play that five position, can get you rebounds, and can go coast to coast with his impeccable ball handling and amazing playmaking. And I think that that will be a much bigger storyline than people are giving it credit for right now, at least nationally. I know in Oklahoma City, we are more wise to Darius Baisley. But look, this is not just about back-to-back-to-back 20-point efforts against the, the Wizards, the Suns, and the Heat. This is about the fact that all year long, Darius Baisley has looked competent, 
He's looked smart. He's looked like a professional basketball player uh, in the sense that as a rookie, he's not being overwhelmed. He's he's not being scared of the moment. He, he's been doing everything right, and now it's clicking for him. And at what better time than heading into the postseason? My second X factor has to be Delino Gallinari. Gallinari, if his shot is on, it's going to be just a mess for the Rockets to guard him because he's shown an ability, especially lately inside the bubble, to get to the rim strong and aggressive to finish shots at the rim and get in one opportunities. He's also, of course, shown that that three-point sniper ability. So whenever you have Shea driving to the cup with a scoop layup and then you have Chris Paul coming back with a crisscross mid-range shot over Eric Gordon, you also will now have a wide-open Gallinari for three. And as we know, threes are bigger than two. The other point of this is on the flip side, if Gallo does not have his shot, who's going to take threes for Oklahoma City? If Gallo does not have his three-point uh his three-point presence and his ability to make three-pointers, who's going to keep up with James Harden? Who's going to keep up with the scoring? Because threes are better than twos, and if James Harden's hitting threes, you need someone who can match that a little bit, and Gallo can do that. Now, he's not going to put up the crazy numbers James Harden will, but you at least need a three-point shooter, and Gallinari is obviously your best option. So his shot has to be on for this team to do what we think he can do and that what they can do. And then my number three X factor has to be Steven Adams. Can Steven Adams stay on the floor? I know he has the size advantage. I know that you'd say that conventional wisdom tells you there's a 6'5 guy on Steven Adams. Give him the ball. Let him turn around and do a layup. I'm not sure if that's going to perfectly work against Houston. And if he cannot stay on the lineup, the same way he has not been able to stay on the floor the last two postseason series, if he cannot do that again for a third straight time, where do you go with Steven Adams? If he gets play off the floor for the third straight playoff series, where do you go with Steven Adams in the future? Is he someone you want to keep around in Oklahoma City as the game continues to shift towards and away from his skill set? As the game continues to move further and further away from uh, – a player like Adams benefiting you, where do you go if he gets play off the floor again this season? But it is time for the NBA playoffs. They're already underway, so you do not need to be going anywhere. You need to stay inside and watch basketball all day and all night, and that's where DoorDash comes in. Between never-ending laundry cycles and incoming emails, you've got plenty on your to-do list. Give yourself one less thing to worry about and let DoorDash take care of your next meal. You want Chinese, they want pizza, and someone is craving Froyo. There's something for everyone on DoorDash. Continue supporting local restaurants in your community safely. There are thousands of restaurants open for delivery on DoorDash that need your patronage now more than ever. Support your favorite restaurants on DoorDash. You've counted on restaurants for a long time. Now they're counting on you. And while their dining rooms may be closed, they're still open for delivery on DoorDash. DoorDash is an app that brings you food you're craving right to your door. Ordering is easy. Open the DoorDash app, choose what you want to eat from your favorite places, and it'll be left safely outside your door with a new contactless delivery option in their settings menu. With over 300,000 partners in the U.S., Puerto Rico, Canada, and Australia, you can support your local go-tos or choose from your favorite national chains like Chipotle, Wendy's, and the Cheesecake Factory. Many of your favorite local restaurants are still open for delivery. Just open the DoorDash app and select your favorites, and the food you want will be left at your door. DoorDash deliveries are now contactless and keep communities operating in a safe manner. Right now, our listeners can get $5 off with zero delivery credits for your first order with $15 or more when you download the DoorDash app and enter promo code LOCKEDONNBA. That's $5 off with zero delivery fees on your first order when you download DoorDash on your app store and use promo code LOCKEDONNBA. Don't forget, that's promo code LOCKEDONNBA for $5 off your order plus no delivery fees on DoorDash. 
The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And now join the podcast is host of the Down to Dunk podcast on The Athletic, Andrew Schlecht. Andrew, thank you for joining me today. Hey, man. Glad to be on. So let's just start this out with a baseline question of a scale of 1 to 10. 10 being that you think this team is absolutely going to beat the Rockets. How confident are you that the Thunder win this first-round series? Ooh, this is like really tapping into like so many parts of me as like a, a Thunder fan and somebody that covers the team. It's just the emotion in it is just overwhelming, which makes it just an incredible series. I'm I'm not uber confident <laughs> because I've been overconfident in the past and has never served me well. So I'm at like a six. Like I think that especially with the Russell Westbrook news that dropped today, that the Thunder have a legitimate shot at beating the Rockets. And I know we don't know about Lou Dort yet, and maybe by the time that this podcast drops, we do know what's going on with Lou, but it's a big loss, but also, you have to remember the Thunder are getting back Dennis Schroeder, who is going to be a tremendous piece to this team. So I'm feeling about a six. So I, I think the Thunder should be slightly favored in this series, but not overwhelming favorites. Yeah, six to six and seven has been the kind of the consistent consistence around uh, how confident people are about this series. And, and I'm going to put you in the chair of Billy Donovan right now. And I'm going to ask you, what would be your playoff rotation? If you were in charge as the playoff rotation is shortened and the minutes get more important, who are you putting out there on the floor? Yeah, I mean, I think the, the three-guard lineup is certainly like the – that's your core five. And so then now with Dort out, it really changes the game quite a bit. So I think Darius Baisley has earned a spot, certainly, in this, in this rotation. So I, there's six. And then Andre Robertson, I think, has to play. <laughs> I, I just think that he's he's shown that he uh, can get out there and play. And I just don't trust any of the other wings, especially Hamadou Diallo. I'm just not – I'm not a big Hami guy. So there are seven. And then eight, I think – you know, I think he's going to run an eight or a nine-man rotation. And this is a little bit of recency bias, certainly. But I also think that – getting shooting out on the floor is really important for the Thunder, especially against a team like the Rockets, where you just can't afford to allow the Rockets to stand around on defense and not do anything. And if you have Nerlens on the floor, James Harden can just stand there with him in the paint and try to push him off the block. And he can rest essentially. So, and I don't, they don't put Nerlens in a ton of action. So I think playing Mike Muscala, there and making James Harden or whoever guard him out on the perimeter and make him them watch him, I think is kind of important. So I would put Mike Muscala out there. And then if you need another guy, I think you still need more shooting. And I would probably play Abdul Nader. And that's, I think that his shooting and his scoring ability is pretty valuable. And again, I think one non-shooter is enough in Andre Robertson. 
And I think Terrence Ferguson will might get some run in this series as well, and Hami could as well. But I'm just not a fan of just throwing out a ton of non-shooting wings into the lineup. And so I think to, if it were me, Andre would probably be the only non-shooting wing that I'd throw out there uh, unless he's in foul trouble, and then I'd probably give some minutes to Ferg. So how confident are you that Andre can play and, and can defend the likes of James Harden at, and on the playoff level? Oh, man, that's the ultimate test, right? I mean, that's that's really what we haven't seen yet from him is he's played against a lot of bench guys. He's played well. He's looked pretty good. His shooting stroke has looked good at times as well. Uh, but it's the ultimate test. Can he do it? And I honestly didn't know if we were even going to be able to see it because I, I think Lou is going to take a majority of those minutes. But uh, I think we will find out. I think we'll find out. I don't think it's out of the question that he starts now if if Lou is indeed out for a significant amount of time. I, I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility. I still think that we could see some some Terrence Ferguson minutes out there. I've I, along with probably most of the Thunder fan base, have lost faith in what he can do at this very moment in time. We know it's largely due to a ton of off-the-court stuff that's been going on with him. And, you know, when you have big life things that happen to you, it's hard to not let it affect you in all facets of life. So, But I do think that he's had success against James Harden in the past. I'm talking about Terrence Ferguson. And so... To, to me, you have a little bit of Andre insurance there if he can't, if he can't go. But I feel, I feel decently confident. I mean, he's, he's been ramping up, and, you know, the team needs him, and he's easily the smartest defender on the team. So I think they're at least going to give him a try. So you're at about a six. It's kind of a toss-up for you in this series. What concerns you the most about this matchup with Houston? I mean, it's just you have James Harden on the other side, who is one of the most prolific scorers in NBA history. And then if you have guys that are hitting threes around him, that offense is just really difficult to stop. And so to me, that's it. And also if they're able to, and this, this is a question, a huge question is can, can Steven stay on the floor? I wasn't super encouraged with how he looked yesterday. <laughs> I don't know if anybody else feels that way, uh, but he didn't look great. And so if he can't, if he's moving kind of like he did, in the Portland series last year, I think he get, gets played off the floor. Then one of your best players can't play. And that means that a lesser player has to play. And so there's there's a lot of concern there to me. It's James Harden and, the, and just the ability for Steven Adams to stay on the floor. Because if he can't, I mean, if they completely play him off the floor, then you're having to really rely on guys that I, I don't know that you should. On the flip side of that coin, what do you think the biggest advantage for Oklahoma City is in this matchup? Yeah, it's just the, the dribble drive ability of Chris Paul, SGA, and Schroeder. I mean, those guys will keep you moving on the defensive end. They have so many options, as well as Gallo. I mean, Gallo can drive and dish just as well as those guys can. So it's just the offensive variety that OKC has that you don't really know where the shots are coming from. I mean, Dennis Schroeder averaged the most shots on the team over the course of the season. It was 15. And so it's not an overwhelming amount. I mean, with the Rockets, you know what's coming at you. It's not, it's not complicated. It's James Harden, especially with Russell out for, we don't know how long, but for the amount of time that he's out, you know the offense is coming from James, and that's it. And maybe a little bit of Austin Rivers. For the Thunder, it's all over the place. They could have a leading score, a different leading score for six games. I mean, that's just the way that they function. And so I think that's a huge advantage for OKC. Uh, and then just can Shea Gilgis-Alexander step up? 
because to me he's going to be a huge huge factor in whether the thunder can overcome the rockets is if if he can take that next step as a scorer and whoever they put on him if he can torch them and give you know guys like Schroeder and guys like Chris Paul uh, room to just be spot up shooters and if he can set guys up and if he can get hit his step back three I mean he's this could be a huge huge playoff series for Shea who if you remember stepped up in a big way for the Clippers last year against the Warriors so uh, to me those are those are all the reasons why you should be feeling good about OKC yeah he absolutely did step up uh, last year with the Clippers but we all know that coming into this season after the trades of Paul George and Russell Westbrook, it was viewed as house money. Uh, they had a 0.2% chance to make the postseason. But you've covered the team for the Athletics since the season you know, really got taken off here, and you've done down a dunk for a long time. You've seen this game. You've, you've seen this team every single game this year. Since Thanksgiving, they've proven to be one of the best teams in basketball. What would be a successful playoff run for Oklahoma City? What does that look like? Is it a six-game series with Houston? Is it a successful postseason run? going to the second round what what is success in your mind for this playoff run after what they've shown us they can be uh, this season yeah it's just a a funny spot I, i think making a a long first round series i think is success enough for this kind of team because the, th- I mean, the postseason, it was happens. We've got our 15 picks. We've got Shea. That's great. And if we can do something this year, cool. If not, cool. So, but after they've played well, I think there is certainly some expectation, especially behind the fan base, that they can actually do something in the playoffs. But to me, if they can make this a six or seven game series and make it close and get you feeling good about their young guys, I mean, if honestly, if Shea and Baisley and uh, those two can really show you something in the playoffs. Then, to me, like that's that's success enough for this team. But uh, certainly, it's not out of the realm of possibility that they that they win this series. So it's time to make a prediction on the record. Who are you going to have win this series, and in how many games? Oh boy, I don't even. Am I? I don't even know if I'm ready to be honest. <laughs> <I don't, laughs> I've got. I've gotten to get more information. Um, with the information I have now, and this will this will probably change, just because we just don't know enough about Russell, and we just don't know enough about Lou yet. And I'm hoping that by Monday we'll have a little bit more information. But uh, I probably take the Thunder and seven at today. Uh, but if we learn that Russell's improved over the weekend, or if we learn that you know Lou Dort is okay or whatever, I don't know. There's just a lot up in the air, but that's my, uh, that's my, that's my pick for now, but it, it may change. We'll see. And then what's your NBA finals pick? The NBA playoffs are right around the corner and locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Oh boy, I've, I've, been, I've been on the Lakers train for a while just because I believe in LeBron and Anthony Davis. And, you know, LeBron in the past has thrived in a chaotic 
situation. That's how he's gotten to his title runs. Is his team has to be in just extreme turmoil. So uh, they're ripe for that, certainly. Uh, but I don't, I don't feel super good about them. So I've got the Bucks, and I've had the Lakers all along. Uh, but I'm, but I'm leaning more toward the Clippers today, just because I think I feel better about where Kawhi and and Paul George are at, and then where their role players are at. So to me, that's it's. I'm still, I'm still leaning toward the. I still am picking the Lakers, but I'm leaning closer toward the Clippers today than I was, you know, a couple of weeks ago, just because it's the Lakers have had a tough go at it and their offense has looked so, so bad in the bubble. I mean, they just cannot generate points, but I'll stick with, with Bucks Lakers with a, kind of a shaky Lakers pick here. So Andrew, this was great. I appreciate you taking the time to be a part of this preview show. Let them know where they can find you on Twitter and the down to Dunk podcast. Hey, you can follow me at Andrew K. Schlecht. Follow our podcast at down to dunk. You can search for down to dunk. Uh, in any of your podcast catcher apps or whatever whatever you call it, uh, you can find us there. So uh, check us out. Thanks for listening. Thank you again for joining us, Andrew. No problem. I do want to tell you about our good friends over at Built Bar before we get into our next interview. And Built Bar is a fantastic protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. You can go to BuiltBar.com right now and use promo code Locked On, and you'll save $10 off that first order. And look, Built Bar has a brand new design, brand new flavors, brand new recipes. They taste even more like a candy bar right now. I cannot wait for my new box of new, all new Built Bars from Built Bar. Their first box was fantastic. I ordered more. They're still in the fridge right now as I'm getting low on my supplies. So they're going to send out some even more delicious flavors uh, here in the next few days. And I'll report back to you on my new favorite flavor. The first time this ad was bought, as you all know, my favorite was the banana nut bread, but they've got all new flavors, including caramel brownie, cookies and cream, cherry barcia, lemon almond cheesecake, uh, carrot cake, and apple almond crisp. I'm telling you guys right now, the cookies and cream might be able to dethrone banana nut bread. So I'll report back to you guys on that, but you're going to want to go to billboard.com right now and check out Built Bar. They're fantastic. They taste like a candy bar. They have all the protein you need. Great for pre-workout, great for post-workout, and even great as a meal replacement. I cannot get over how much I love Built Bar. They've got you covered in the protein game. There's no chalky aftertaste. It's soft and easy to chew, and the bar is 100% chocolate on the outside. They even have nut and no nut flavors in their inventory. So go check them out right now. BuiltBar.com. Use promo code LOCKEDON. Get $10 off your next order. And now we welcome on Olivia Punchall from DailyThunder.com, host of Cross Bolts with Brandon Rabar and also our expert when it comes to injuries, the resident Locked on Thunder injury expert. What better time to have you on than right now to preview this playoff series that has so many injuries, sadly. Yeah, I love talking about injuries, but I hate it when it's for the Thunder. You know, no one wants to have injuries, but it is fun to talk about. So let's just dive in because I think that the, that is the biggest story, which is crazy mm-hmm. because this, this series has so many storylines, but sadly, we're going to have to focus on the injuries first. Russell Westbrook, uh, old friend, mm-hmm. old pal, Russell Westbrook, mm-hmm. is out with a quad strain. Uh, first of all, what does that typically mean for an athlete who's not named Russell Westbrook? Because I know that we both agree that Russell Westbrook played with a dent in his face in the, in the regular <laughs> season. So we can't really make an assumption on what this will mean for Russ. But typically for an athlete, what does a quad strain mean? 
Okay, so your quadriceps muscle, it's a group of four muscles that are on and basically make up your thigh muscle. And so to strain that muscle means you have some kind of um, overstretching or overextension of those muscles. So usually the way that they determine um, the degree of severity is they grade it on the scale of one to three. So a grade one strain, you know, might be some pain, but you can usually play on it um, not too serious. Grade two gets a little bit more intense because there's more inflammation. It might hurt even to just put weight on it. And then grade three would be um, you probably close to or a complete quadriceps tendon tear. And that would be something like what we saw with DeMarcus Cousins or Vitor Oladipo. So I don't think that that's what um, Russ has. If it was grade three, he probably would have already been ruled out for the rest of the season because he would have needed surgery. So my guess is it's somewhere in between that grade one and two probably more to the side of grade two because he had missed a couple of games um, prior to the MRI um, for problems with his squad. Then he had the MRI on Wednesday that con confirmed some kind of strain that was more serious and then he sat out and they ruled him out for the first couple games. So my guess is that with this level of quad strain, at least a week, at most two weeks, but with the schedule being as tight as it is, Missing one week means missing the first three games. So I hope that he will be able to come back, um, you know, soon because we don't want to have an injured Russell Westbrook, but it could be anywhere from two to three games, I think. So with Russ, I think that it's a good point about the timeline there because he did play with a dentist face in the regular season in a game that was not as important as this one. And to keep Russ off the floor, it takes a lot. So I think that I feel comfortable saying you're right in that it probably is a lot closer to a grade two if it's keeping him out of the postseason. We learned a couple hours before coming on here that he's officially ruled out for game one. Uh, it's likely going to linger into game two. When, when a player comes back from this while they're still mm -hmm. dealing with it, how do they typically play? It, 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 does it affect their play on the floor? Uh, or is it something that you can really have adrenaline take over and not really feel as much so where you can play at 100%? I mean, I think it really depends on the player, but it is different than like playing with the dent in your face. That's not going to really affect your shot as long as you can like play through the pain or you're taking something for the pain. It's not going to really affect things. Whereas your quad muscle is basically the largest muscle in your leg that's powering all your cutting, all your running, all of your quick movements, which we know Russell Westbrook has you know built his whole career on that type of quick athleticism so for him it's going to be really tough but something else to consider is that you don't want to come back too soon because if you you know are playing on a quadriceps tendon that is already under stress already inflamed you there is a chance that you can make it much worse and you can have a full quad tear or partial tear and I don't, this is all speculation, of course, because I don't know the exact details of what happened with DeMarcus Cousins, but we did see that he came back um, pretty quickly from, you know, some quad, quad um, pain, and then he ended up tearing it, and that was a much more serious injury. So that's definitely what the Rockets want to avoid. So it's finding that balance between coming back um, in time to make the playoffs, but also not rushing it and causing long-term damage for Russell Westbrook. It's going to be a tough balance for Houston to find that because his game is so predicated on things that are, you know, being taken away by this injury. It's going to be interesting to see what he can do when he returns. Right. But for the Thunder, they're going to have Lou Dort, who has a right knee sprain, and he's been obviously mm -hmm. one of the best players and best defenders. And this is certainly a series whenever you go up against James Harden where you need your best defenders. What, what does the, the knee sprain typically mean for a player and, and their timeline going back there? And how is that different uh, than any alternatives that, that could have happened? 
Mm -hmm. Kind of similar um, to the quadriceps strain in that it's graded on a scale of one to three, and the grades are basically the same as they are for a quadriceps um, sprain. But I feel like this is, again, just speculation. I feel like Dort's injury is, you know, leaning more to a grade one than a grade two, just because of how it happened and how the team has kind of talked about it. They haven't said anything about him, you know, being out for several games, it almost seems like it's very possible that he could play the first game. They're taking it day to day. I assume he's resting um, during these couple of days and before the playoffs starts. So, you know, I'm, I'm excited to see what they decide to do, but I'm less concerned about Dorit than I am about Russell Westbrook. And then the last injury on the docket here is Chris Paul's hand sprain. And I think that for me, it doesn't seem like there's anything there. It just seems like typical rest. Uh, but how would a hand sprain affect the basketball player? I mean, is it simple? Is it simply just doing everything, just dribbling, shooting, just everything with your hand? Or is a hand sprain just kind of something that's annoying, but you can kind of move through it? Yeah, again, it depends on the severity of the strain. The more serious the strain, the more difficult it's going to be to do basic movements. Um, I also agree. I don't think this is anything serious. I don't think that uh, Chris Paul is going to miss any games for this. It might just be kind of, you know, something bothersome, something that they had an opportunity for him to sit out that game against the Clippers because it didn't matter. So let's take advantage of that time to help whatever inflammation or pain is happening in his hand to kind of go down. And I'm sure he'll be good to go for game one. So shifting into the actual basketball now, uh, <laughs> let's start this just with the basic confidence level. So 1 to 10, 10 being that you absolutely know for sure this team will make it out of the first round for the first time since Kevin Durant left. What is your confidence level heading in, 1 to 10? Honestly, it all depends on Russell Westbrook and how many games he plays. That's a huge, huge, huge factor in this series. But if I'm guessing that he'll miss, let's say, two games, I think that the Thunder win in six games, and I'm like a 7 out of 10 on confidence on that. That's been about where everyone else has been, just mm -hmm. somewhere between, you know, if, you're, if you're really pessimistic, five, if you're really optimistic, seven, uh, somewhere in that six range has been where most people have been. But for, for me, outside of the injuries, because we've already talked about that's being the biggest storyline, one of the other ones for the Thunder is their playoff rotation, because, you know, you can make arguments for a lot of guys that deserve minutes, and in the playoffs, your rotation shortens and shortens and shortens, and there's not that many minutes to go around. So for you, if you were Billy Donovan, who would you want to see off the bench for the Thunder? Um, definitely Darius Baisley. So impressed by him in these final eight games that we had. Not only does he seem so much more confident in his shot, in his choices, um, he just, it just seems like his like basketball IQ somehow just skyrocketed in those three months that he wasn't playing. He just seems so much more aware of the game. And I think that's going to be super valuable, even if he doesn't get um, a ton of minutes off the bench. So definitely Darius Baisley. Um, I think that Donovan is leaning towards um, big minutes for Diallo, which I'm not exactly sure how I feel about that. I'm kind of on the fence about Diallo. He's had good games and bad games, and sometimes his bad games are really bad. And so I don't know how well that's going to work out. Um, I would give minutes to him and to Nader. I think Nader has really showed up in these um, past last eight games as well um, with his shooting and his defense. And I think that that'll be a big asset for us. Um, I know a lot of people want to see Andre Robertson and think that Andre Robertson will be the main person um, defending James Harden, but I don't see it. And I think I might be in the mi minority on that one. <laughs> it's not as fun to say say he won't he won't play, but. 
I think that going into it realistically, we've we've seen him when he does play most of the time defend down low. James Harden, mm-hmm. obviously, is not going to be playing down low. I, right. I think that you can assume he'll get a couple couple of minutes there and, and maybe in a big situation where you know for sure this is the final defensive stand, maybe right. you feel comfortable putting him in, putting him in there. But, you know, there was people talking about if Dort can't play to start Andre. I think that that's kind of a, a bit crazy out there. Yeah, that's what Brandon said, and I called him crazy for that because I just – I know we're all high on Andre Robertson and we want nothing but the best and the most success for him. And after almost a three year break and you expect him to um, guard the best player on the Rockets, just like right out the gate. No, that's not really how it goes. So I think that he's going to see about the same amount of minutes that he's been seeing in the regular season games, maybe 13 to 15 minutes. Um, later in the game, and I would think that Diallo would probably start if Dort is not available. So what concerns you the most about this matchup with Houston? Um, Obviously, they have the ability to get hot. The Rockets do pretty quickly from behind the arc, and that's something that the Thunder are better at this season than in past years. But, you know, it's still going to be a challenge, and they're going to have those games where it seems like they can hit everything and we can hit nothing. And it's just, I think, not getting, um, you know, not losing focus or not getting overwhelmed by those games and just going into it knowing that that's going to happen at least once. And that's just, you know, the way the Rockets are. So, but it's something that we should be prepared for. And, you know, we have to do a good job of um, defending the three, not fouling James Harden on uh, those three shots, keeping him off the line as much as possible. But I think we can take advantage of our size. As you know, the Rockets are playing this small ball lineup that we haven't really experienced yet because they weren't doing that the last time the Thunder played the Rockets. So, you know, it's finding that balance between playing fast, but also taking advantage of maybe like the pick and roll between Chris Paul and Adams and that size advantage that Adams is going to have over house. And it's a big size advantage. So hopefully we can take advantage of that. That's what concerns me the most is that this team is totally different than the last time the Thunder played the Rockets. <laughs> and right. you don't get the, the visual evidence of these two teams matching up together since the Rockets overhauled their roster and started playing this new basketball stylistically of small ball and things like that. And I do mm-hmm. worry about Steven Adams. I mean, he's been played off the floor the last two postseasons. I worry about what he can do this postseason, especially uh, he's no longer fully healthy as we once thought he would be. I'm a bit worried about Steven Adams. I want to see him stay on the floor because if he cannot stay on the floor against Houston, I'm not sure what his basketball skill set will translate to in the future as the NBA continues to move smaller and smaller mm-hmm. and away from his skill sets. I really worry about Adams. It's something I'm watching for a lot in this series. Yeah, I would agree with that. That's a big, a big X factor, I think, for the Thunder. So what, what makes you – the most optimistic about the Thunder in the series? What's their biggest advantage in this matchup, do you think? Is it just the size? Uh, no, I think there's a lot a lot more to it. Um, I think that having Schroeder off the bench is going to be huge for uh, the Thunder. So the Rockets are playing a very short lineup, very short. And they really don't have um, any, you know, big bench scores. So they've got Austin Burst, who is hit or miss, and they've got our good friend, Uncle Jeff Green. But I just really think that the Thunder's second unit, when you have um, Noel and Schroeder in there, can be um, an opportunity where the Thunder can really 
take advantage of the Rockets lineup. So maybe it's more or less equal whenever the starting lineups are on the court. But when it gets to the bench, that's where the Thunder can really make a difference in the game, um, relying on Schroeder and Noel to be the bulk of that offense for us. So the Thunder win this series if they do what? The Thunder win the series if they play smart, which I know is like a generic answer and that incorporates a lot of things. But I, um, it's really just about, you know, going into this with the confidence that you can win the series, that you are equally matched with this team, but also, you know, acknowledging that, yes, sometimes James Harden is going to end up with 30 points and that's just the way the Rockets are. But how are we going to deal with that? How are we going to overcome that? And I think that comes with every single player stepping up and contributing to the Thunders win. So whenever I came out with this outline, uh, when I, uh, this idea to, to interview a lot of Thunder media members who a lot of people know and like, I wrote this question specifically for you to get us all excited. <laughs> so don't let me down here. Okay. What is the ceiling of this Thunder team? The ceiling? Whew. <laughs> <laughs> um, the, okay, the ceiling, I think, is the Western Conference Finals. And the way that happens is if the Portland Trailblazers really, you know, give the Lakers a tough first round series. It goes to seven games and then you've got the second round. LeBron's tired, 80's tired. The Thunder have a lot more depth than the Lakers and maybe somehow miraculously it happens. They make it work. That's the way they get to the Western Conference Finals. But I think that I would be more than satisfied if they just make it out of the first round. You did not let me down. I can just clip that right there and, and put it everywhere. <laughs> Olivia said they're going to the Western Conference Finals, and I can take that yeah. out of context and be just fine. But, but realistically, though, we understand that this season, there's a 0.2% chance of making the postseason. They're supposed to be playing with house money all year long. Mm -hmm. Bottom line is, you know, preseason predictions are meaningless. And what is meaningful is that since Thanksgiving, this team has been one of the best teams in basketball. So what yeah. would you consider a successful postseason run for Oklahoma City after two just heartbreaking postseasons in a row? Is it just simply a long series with Houston? What would you consider success for Oklahoma City in the postseason? I think that success to me would be – a definitive series against Houston, not a long series, and taking a couple games off the Lakers in round two, assuming that the Lakers are going to beat the Blazers. That would be successful to me. I don't really want a situation where this goes to seven games against Houston and we lose in a really close series and then we call it a moral victory and pat ourselves on the back for just being in the playoffs because we have the talent. We have, you know, the players to make, uh, make it to the second round. So I would be kind of disappointed if they did not beat the Rockets. Yeah, so for me, it's been the same thing that this entire time since May when we've been talking about this postseason. Again, the expectations in the preseason weren't there. That, that's fine. But we get things wrong in the preseason all the time. We've got this wrong. They're a good team. Now, if they lose in this first-round series, it's not going to sting to the level of what the last two seasons have. But it mm -hmm. still means that they did not play up to their expectation level now. With what, with what the information we have now is, the information mm -hmm. we have is this team is good enough to win a first-round playoff series. So, again, it wouldn't be as hurtful as the Dame shot. It wouldn't be as hurtful as Ricky Rubio punking Russell Westbrook. But it would still not feel the greatest. Exactly. Yeah, I agree with that. And, and so let's end it here with your prediction for this series. Where do the Thunder go? Are they going to win this series and in how many games? They win the series. They win it in six games. Uh, they take advantage of the games where Russell Westbrook does not play. And – yeah, they make it to the second round. And your NBA Finals prediction is? 
the Lakers versus the Toronto Raptors. And the winner is? The Los Angeles Lakers. We got to win it all for Kobe. <laughs> oh, you were so close to my prediction. I have Lakers, Raptors, <laughs> and I have the Raptors winning in six. But hey, close enough there. Yeah. It's going oh, to be fun. close, but I think, you know, the, the ghost of Kobe will win them, will them to victory, I think. It'll I be a meaningful season for them. I wouldn't mind that at all. But Olivia, this was fun. Let them know where they can find all of your great work at Daily Thunder and everything you do on Twitter. You can find us at dailythunder.com and at dailythunder on Twitter and at the Daily Thunder on Instagram. Or you can and follow can me. You, on Twitter where. <laughs> you can follow me at Olivia Punchall, P-A-N-C-H-A-L on Twitter. I'm all about self-promotion here on this podcast and everything I do in life. Because if you're not promoting yourself, who's promoting you? But this was really fun, Olivia. It's always fun whenever you join the show. Thank you for joining us. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. And now we welcome in Madison Morris of 107.7 The Franchise, now recurring guest, front of the podcast, Madison Morris. Madison, how are you doing today? Uh, doing well. Excited to talk a little Thunder basketball now that uh, Thunder fans and the media have some answers of where they're going to go for playoffs and what's that, what that's going to look like for OKC. So excited to dive in. So we will be talking all about this first-round matchup with the Thunder and the Rockets. And, and the first question I think that has to be asked is, your confidence level, one, one to 10, 10 being that you think this team is absolutely being out of the first round, one being you think that there's no chance that they can get out of the first round. Going into the first round, where are you at with this team surviving on a scale of one to 10? Yeah, you know, I think I'm at about like a, a solid six or seven right now because I do have a lot of confidence in them. I think that they've been playing decently well in the bubble. Obviously, they've been dealing with some injuries, and that has caused them to lose some games that I think Thunder fans were expecting them to win, and people really wanted to see them excel at. But that's kind of just uh, – that's just, that's just how the bubble is going to go. But honestly, I still feel pretty confident with them, even with a matchup against the Rockets. Uh, I was actually joking with some people I work with and saying that the Rockets is the last team I wanted to see them matched up against just because that can be so wishy-washy. The Rockets have been playing great basketball since um, entering Orlando, but honestly, I, I still see it as a pretty great matchup. I think that there's um, a lot of good talent on both teams. I think that they match up pretty well. Obviously, the Rockets are playing small ball, so that might be an advantage for the Thunder. They have three giant guys who, if they both remain healthy, they can be very dependable and they can really perform well. So, honestly, I still feel pretty confident, but you can't deny that the Rockets are a good team. Yeah, I would say six or seven is where everyone should be at right now. But to me, the biggest question for this Thunder team is what the playoff rotation will be like because we've seen inside the bubble without Dennis that they've really emptied the bench and tried to find the right pieces for you as the playoffs get going and your rotations get smaller who makes the cut for your playoff rotations if you're Billy Donovan yeah honestly there's oh that's such a good question just because I think Billy has done such a great job of throwing different rotations out there to see you know who meshes well together who can match up with the opponent very well who can bring the energy uh, right off the bat who can relieve guys and come off the bench and perform well so you know, I like, obviously, when all the guys are healthy, and I like that first starting rotation he has out there just because I think uh, Chris Paul, obviously, is – he's like the conductor. I mean, he, he does a great job orchestrating the team and making them feel super confident and getting the game flowing very well for them. Um, 
you know, I don't know what the health is going to be like of the rest of the guys going forward. And obviously Thunder fans really want to see guys like Dennis Schroeder return to the lineup because he is exactly what they need coming off the bench, especially for playoff time. So definitely uh, fingers crossed for him to return, but I'm very eager to see what kind of rotation Billy can throw out there with the Rockets. That's why I like the playoffs so much because you're not preparing for a new team every other day you you get to like solidify exactly the the lineup that you want to throw out there to face these rockets and uh, just face these guys that you get to go up against every other day so it's a good matchup I think Billy Donovan's very crafty at what he does and he has a reason for pretty much everything out there so I'm excited to see what he's going to do so for me with the rotation Darius Baisley is the biggest question mark because You've seen in the bubble that Billy Donovan has tried to put him at that center position. He's talked about it since before the seeding game started of wanting to do that with him, really moving forward with his career. And I think that the only team that you can do that with is the Rockets. And to have a guy like Baisley playing that center position, if he can, if he can hang in there with a small ball lineup, get some rebounds, and then go coast to coast, I think that that's how you beat the Rockets is by tiring out this team that doesn't have a lot of depth. Am I crazy for thinking that Darius Baisley will probably have a huge, out, you know, a huge impact in this series? Well, no, no, you're not crazy at all just because he's proved it so far. He's proved that he has come to the bubble to play. He's come to perform and be the biggest asset that he possibly can because he's had these crazy good games the past three games. Even if they've taken a loss, he's still scored 20-plus points. He's been uh, pretty much a great distributor. He's been someone who has been fearless, to say the least, and he's a young guy, and I think that's what the Thunder thrive on right now is just having a bunch of young players who bring the energy to the court. And so it's been really nice to see. I think guys like Darius and even Abdul Nader will have a really good impact in these playoffs because that's what Billy Donovan always talks about when they um, enter a new matchup, when they enter a new game. It's just tiring out their opponent's strongest point, and they really want to put a lot of pressure especially with the Rockets, it's going to be the three-point lines. With James Harden, they have really great shorter shooters. Austin Rivers, if Russell Westbrook is healthy, that's going to be, you know, someone they're going to have to target for sure. So, honestly, this could work to the Thunder's advantage because I think they match up super well with the Rockets. Every time they've played them, it's been an exciting game. So, yeah, I just – I see Billy Donovan pulling a lot of tricks out of his sleeves for this one. So what, what concerns you the most heading into this Houston matchup? What has you uh, scared about what the Rockets can exploit about Oklahoma City? Honestly, I mean, it might sound super silly because these guys are professionals and I don't necessarily want to indict them of like thinking ways like this, but the Rockets have Russell Westbrook and Russell Westbrook knows everything about the Thunder. He was here for 11 years. He even if he's not going to be able to play the first couple of games, he is still smart. He still has that mentality that's just dog-eat-dog. Dog. You know, he wants to win. He wants to compete. He doesn't care if you're his best friend. Like, he's going to beat you. And I think that he has brought that to Houston. I think Houston's always been that way with guys like James Harden. But now they have two guys who are just super power-hungry, and that's not a bad thing. But they have two guys that can really – uh, just bring the heat in every situation, and they're very competitive. That whole team has a lot of great talent, and I think that um, that's something that, in a sense, concerns me for Oklahoma City because they've had a couple of games in this bubble where you just saw them look depleted. You you saw that all of their energy just kind of uh, washed away as the game went on, and they weren't able to carry over that energy throughout the entire 48 minutes played. So 
it's almost like if Oklahoma City can't execute what they need to against the Rockets, I think Russell Westbrook will know how to take full advantage of that. And then what excites you the most about this matchup? What are you looking forward to about getting this started here? I'm actually really excited about this matchup because I, I've been saying that for Oklahoma City's sake, and, you know, this is obviously the team that both you and I cover. We want to see them go far. We want to continue doing our job and talking about the playoffs with them. So, obviously, we want to see them get out of the first round. I was a little bit, ooh, about this matchup because I was like, okay, well, this is going to pose the biggest challenge. But what really excites me about this is that if the Thunder can find success in this series and they can just play – excellent basketball they can really put together a complete performance for every single game and make it out of this series I don't want Thunder fans to like light me on fire or anything but how cool would that be to see Chris Paul a guy who was traded to the Thunder from the Rockets basically saying like hey this team is talking about tanking so we're going to send you there to do it how cool would that be to see Chris Paul defeat his old team when he was sent into a weird situation and then Russell Westbrook was taken away from Oklahoma city, sent to Houston to do big things. And then it was like, Oh, how the tables have turned. So that's what I'm most excited about. It's just that the thunder have a great opportunity with this series to really prove themselves. And I think that it could just be an aha moment for them that Oklahoma city fans will be proud of for a long time. So the thunder win this series, if they do what? Ooh, if they, if they don't just die out, you know, if they stay healthy, if they keep their defense really working hard, because I think the past couple of games, we've seen them get a little lackadaisical on defense and that has been hurting them. It's been killing them. They had Duncan Robinson just going crazy from the three-point line in the first quarter yesterday. And it was because there was no defense. And so defense has to stay super strong. They need to stay healthy. Guys like Steven Adams and Danilo Gallinari, they can't have these minor issues that keep them out of a game or two or anything like that. They need a full roster. They need everybody to uh, just find that cohesiveness again that they started with because I really thought the Thunder were one of the most sound teams coming into Orlando because they had everybody healthy. And then one by one, just guys started dropping like flies. And that's to be expected with four months off. And other teams have had it a lot worse with season-ending injuries, so I can't really say much. But I will say that I'm, I need to see the Thunder just keep that energy throughout the entire series. They have to be hungry to win. They have to be excited to play basketball and feed off of each other because Houston's going to bring that energy. And if they can't match it or overdo it, then, like I said, Houston's going to take advantage of it and win the series. So for you, what does a successful playoff run look like for Oklahoma City? We all know that coming into this season, it was house money, and there wasn't any pressure on this team. They had a 0.2% chance to make the postseason. But since Thanksgiving, they've proven to be one of the best teams in basketball. So for you, heading into this postseason, what do you deem a success? You know, I don't want to be one of those people that sits here and say, like, oh, I see the Thunder making it to the Western Conference Finals. I, I don't to be totally honest, but I think with the past, what, like three or four seasons, the Thunder have not made it out of the first round. It's probably even been longer than that. I really didn't, I don't know for sure, but it's been, for Oklahoma City fans, it's been disappointing. Like you want to see this team succeed. They had all the tools to do it the past couple of years with Russell Westbrook, Paul George, Kamala Anthony, you know, Stephen Adams was playing good basketball. They had 
so many good assets and it just didn't work for them. And so for me personally, just watching this team for many years now and then covering them for a third season, I want to see them make it out of the first round for sure. If they make it out of the second round, that's phenomenal. But I want to see them continue to compete. I want to see them play really good basketball and not get beat out before the series even makes it to seven games. I think that would be the biggest disappointment if they just falter in all of those games before the shutdown, all of the first couple of uh, games in the bubble were for nothing. So that's what I really expect out of this Thunder team is just to fight, to compete, and to stay hungry throughout the entire course of uh, the playoffs. So it's prediction time. And, and, and you said it yourself, the Thunder have not gotten out of that first round since Kevin Durant left town. Do they do it this year? What's your prediction for this series? You know, I, I think they can. I seriously do think they can. And I don't want to just say – oh, if Russell Westbrook doesn't play the first couple of games, that's awesome. Like, actually, I think you should want Russell Westbrook to play because you want both teams at their full strength competing because that says more about a team. I know everyone's been talking about putting the asterisk on this season and just how real is it because it's, you know, under such strange circumstances. For the Thunder in specific, I want them to go go to battle against a full Houston squad like I want Russell Westbrook to be playing great basketball I want James Harden out there I want you know Austin Rivers to be knocking down his shots I need everybody to participate especially like with Dennis Truder coming back into the bubble I want him to be ready to go um, obviously many prayers for Lou Dort and just hoping that his injury that he sustained yesterday is not as serious as people may think it is you know you want just a full team effort out there and so that's that's what I'm predicting right now. I think if the Thunder can put together that and then Houston comes out fighting, my biggest prediction is that this could go to seven games and it could, oh gosh, it could get dirty. It could get scrappy. And I, that's what I want. Like, I think that stuff is really exciting. And not only do you want to beat the best and you want to beat the Rockets at their full strength, I know that this is going to get me probably killed on Twitter for, for diehard Russ fans, but We've seen Russell Westbrook get out of his own head and, and be emotional uh, more so than playing effectively in the postseason. Ricky Rubio was able to get him playing outside of his head. Da Damian Little was able to do the same thing. Chris Paul is one of the most antagonistic players in the NBA, and you're playing the team that you gave your entire heart to, the city you gave your entire heart to. This is going to be an emotional series for Russell Westbrook, and that does not always translate to the best version of Russ. So I think that that's another reason why you should want Russell Westbrook back pretty quickly for Houston. Yes. Oh, absolutely. And I'm so glad you brought up the Ricky Rubio thing because that's another thing Thunder fans are going to have to look out for. They have witnessed for many years how Russell Westbrook, and this is no knock on him, but he tends to get in this head state of just, oh, I'm going to focus on this one guy because he pissed me off. And like, I'm just going to go to battle with him and yada, yada. And that has hurt the Thunder in the past. So honestly, I think if the Thunder you know, if they want to excel over Houston and they want to have a successful season to move on, then those are the little things you're going to have to target. And I'm sorry, Thunder fans, but Russell Westbrook is definitely going to be a problem. And please, for the love of all things, do not cheer for him like crazy. This is an opponent. And if you want to see your team move on, you got to hope that they target him. Absolutely. And Russell Westbrook wouldn't really want you to cheer for him anyway. He's, he's the opposition uh, in this series. But before we get out of here, what's your NBA Finals prediction? Ooh, um, you know, 
I had a more solid answer when the bubble first started and then everything is gone just ballistic, which is exactly what I was hoping for. And so I see, I, I do see the Lakers coming out of the West uh, just because that's, that's probably just going to be the way the NBA really sets it up. And I think that the Lakers will just play out of their mind when it comes to it. As for the East, I don't know because the Bucks haven't been playing the best of basketball. Giannis has been getting super temperamental and he's had a couple of episodes. I don't know, but I honestly would love to see like a Lakers Raptors uh, finals. I would love to see like maybe the Lakers against the Heat or the Lakers. I don't know. So just something crazy to happen. I don't want it to be just this storybook ending that everybody saw coming. I want it to be super unpredictable and exciting because that's what just draws me to basketball in the first place. Yeah, I've been predicting Lakers Raptors since we got to Orlando. So hopefully that comes true. But Madison, this was great, just like the last time. So plug anything you want to plug. How can they find you on Twitter? Where Where can they find your great work? Yeah, thank you so much, Ryland, for having me. I love being on Locked on Thunder. So anytime, please feel free to call. All of my work does just come directly from my Twitter, and it's just at Madison Morris, M-A-D-Y-S-S-O-N. And then all my stuff is on thefranchiseok.com. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining the podcast. Thank you, Ryland. appreciate it. And now we welcome on Brandon Rabar to the program, beat writer at dailythunder.com, host of the Daily Thunder podcast, and also – Every single day, the Cross Bolts debate show with him and Olivia Punshaw. Brandon, how are you doing today? I am good. That was a fantastic introduction. I appreciate that. So, obviously, we're very excited about this postseason. And it couldn't have come with a better matchup in terms of content and drama and emotion. Let's start with just the baseline. Scale of 1 to 10. 10 being the most confident. You think that this team is absolutely winning the series. How confident are you the Thunder win the first round? You know, if if Russell Westbrook was fully healthy and not going to miss any games, I would put it at a straight five. Honestly, I think the these teams are a coin flip when they're both fully healthy because they both have huge advantages over the other one. The Thunder have the size advantage and then the uh, Rockets offense uh, and the three-point shooting. That said, Russ is out for at least a couple games. I'm going to give it a, a six. I only bump it up one, but I'll give it a six. 6.5. There we go. 6.57, somewhere in that range, I, I think, is, is where I'm at, too. And a lot of that is going to be what do you think the playoff rotation will look like? And that kind of determines all the things. Uh, where do you see the rotation? If you were Billy Donovan, who would you have in a shortened playoff rotation? If it were me – I would go, obviously, the starters would be CP3, Dort, Shea, Gallo, Adams, and then the bench, and a shortened bench, I'd go Schroeder, Noel, for sure, that's obvious. Baisley has absolutely played his way, especially against the Rockets, where he could play at the five. And then I still want to see Robertson. I know that leaves out Nader and Diallo, um, but I'm okay with that. I still feel more confident about Robertson personally, but I don't think that's what's going to happen. So what do you think will happen? I think it looks like from the bubble play and the bubble rotations, Diallo is, is cemented into the rotation. Now, I think he'll have a short leash because he's the most unpredictable. This Thunder team plays such smart basketball. They don't waste any positions. And, and Diallo is just a wild card. 
Uh, Nader's a great shooter, uh, but I don't think they trust his defense. Um, but I think Diallo's definitely playing, and I don't know how many minutes Robertson will get. So what concerns you the most about this matchup? Heading into it, we know Russ is going to be dealing with an injury, maybe going to miss one or two games, probably will miss one or two games. Where are you at with the, the biggest concern for you in terms of uh, Houston this series? I mean, it starts with James Harden, especially with Russell Westbrook out for at least some time. Uh, you know, he, he commanded so much attention. Lou Dort did a great job on him in the regular season, but it's such a small sample size. Plus, you know, this is James Harden. I mean, he could go off for, for 40, 50, any single game. Plus, I hate to go there, but the whistles he's going to get, that always concerns me about how many calls he's going to get. He'd go to the free throw line 20 times. And the unknown, the Thunder played the Rockets three times a season. They went 2-1 and one and looked like the better team, but that was before they ditched Capella and went to small ball. So the Thunder have no idea how they'll match up with that. Will Steven Adams and Erlens Noel, two of their best six players, get to stay on the court, or will they be – you know, taken off the court because of small ball. There's a lot of unknowns. So, so yeah, and then once Russ comes back, if he does come back full strength, the fact that he can drive and the Thunder will want Steven Adams there for post-defense, but then you have open shooters, you know, it's, it's a big mystery. I have confidence in Donovan to, to come up with schemes, but, but they're tough. They're a tough matchup. So, What's the biggest advantage for the Thunder heading into, the, heading into this matchup? I think it's size, if they can use it. If Steven Adams and Erlens Noel can stay on the floor, and I think with Russ out, that's a big advantage for the Thunder as far as size goes because Russ is one of their better rebounders, even though he's their point guard. And, you know, their, their offense is based around Russ driving to the rim if it's one-on-one, he'll go to the rim. And if not, he'll, he'll kick out to a shooter. And without him there, that, that changes things for them. So that size advantage that the Thunder have, maybe Adams and Noel can stay on, on the floor more often with, with Russ out. So the Thunder win this series if what? The Thunder win this series if – I hate to keep going back to it, but it's, it's such a big discrepancy if – they can use their size advantage. Uh, rebounding, if Steven Adams can score on P.J. Tucker in the post, if they can find a way to, to keep Adams on the floor defensively, you know, because they, they want to spread out. Um, and also, if CP3 plays like, a, plays like an all-star. I think if CP3 does what he does, um, you know, that, that kind of is a, is a great equalizer as well because the Rockets have more star power. Their top-end talent is better between Harden and Russ. But if Chris Paul, Shea, Gallo can help equalize that some by performing like stars, uh, the Thunder will, will definitely win the series. For you, what's the ceiling on this Thunder team? You've watched them all year long. You're the beat writer for the DailyThunder.com. You've seen them be the best team in basketball, one of the best teams in basketball since Thanksgiving. For you... What's the ceiling of this team in the postseason? Okay, so I've said for the last couple months that their ceiling is playing the Lakers or Clippers in the second round and taking the, the Clippers or Lakers to, to five or six games. 
that would be a fantastic season. The, the Thunder aren't even supposed to be here. This is all gravy now, the fact they're even in the playoffs. But I will say this, the way that the Lakers have played in the bubble, and I know it's a small sample size, and you can say that they haven't had much to play for and all those things, but their three-point shooting has been dreadful. And in the modern NBA, if your three-point shooting is that bad, and if you can really only rely on LeBron and Anthony Davis, even though they're the best twosome in the league, you still need more than two guys. And neither of those guys are sharpshooters. Uh, so I'm not going to go out on a limb and say the Thunder are going to beat the Lakers because I don't think the Thunder are going to beat the Lakers. I truly don't. But if the Thunder can get past the first round and play the Lakers, their ceiling, if you're asking me their ceiling, if things go right, get all the breaks, they could conceivably beat the Lakers at their ceiling and then make it to the Western Conference Finals. And I don't think that they can beat the Clippers. The Clippers are just a different matchup, and I don't think they can beat them. So exciting to think that this team could make the Western Conference Finals after not getting out of the first round since Kevin Durant has left town. And we all know that coming into the season, they have the 0.2% chance to make the postseason. It was house money, looked at as a tanking team. Maybe they're going to sell off Gallinari, which they almost did still uh, to Miami. It looked like they're going to sell off a lot of pieces. But now that we're here and we've seen the season play out and we have the benefit of watching it, and again, watching them be the best team in basketball uh, since Thanksgiving, what would be a successful postseason run for you? What are your expectations for Oklahoma City? What would be a success and what would that look like for the Thunder in the postseason? Not to take the, the easy route on this answer, but I mean, I really truly think that it's already been a success making the playoffs when given a 0.2% chance and everybody considered this a rebuild tanking year. The fact that they clinched a playoff spot before the bubble play even started uh, was a major success. That said, given now the new circumstances that the Thunder are going to finish as the four or five seed and have an equal record to the Rockets and the Rockets are going to be without Russ for at least one or two games, maybe more. I think now, um, you know, anything less than a six game series against the Rockets would be, you know, a major disappointment. If obviously if they got swept or lost in five games, if it was a hard fought loss to the Rockets who, who team, who everybody still considers one of the top tier teams and a contender, that's not so bad. You got James Harden. If Russ comes back, losing in six games that's respectable losing in seven games that's very respectable um so that would be fine a success obviously would be you know a first round win and then anything in the second round is is gravy at that point yeah so this season obviously will not hurt as bad as the last two seasons have but i do think that you're right you need to to, to feel good about this playoff run to feel good about this uh, cherry on top of the Sunday, which is already a great Sunday. Uh, you're going to need to get to game six or game seven against this Rockets team that does have a lot of weaknesses, including the Russell Westbrook not being there for the start of the series. But it's prediction time. And I need your prediction. Who wins and in how many games? I think the report on Russ was a little was a little scary if you're a Rockets fan because it was minimally well, – miss a couple of games to me that sounds like he may miss three or four or maybe the whole series so let's split it down the middle and say that Russ misses three games my prediction is the Thunder win in six uh that obviously changes if Russ plays 
But as things are right now, I'll say Thunder in six. Russ comes back and he's not 100% either. I like that. I like picking the Thunder to get out of the first round for the first time since Kevin Durant left. And before we get out of here, I need your NBA Finals matchup and who is your NBA champion inside the bubble? I, I think I, I've gone with Bucks Clippers uh, since the very beginning. Um, I think even the beginning of the season, if I look back at my predictions, so I'll just put that. I, I think it it makes the most sense. Uh, I think those are the two best overall teams. Uh, so yeah, I got Bucks and Clippers, and I actually my my mind says Clippers, but I don't want. I don't want to give Paul George a championship in his first year leaving after leaving the Thunder. So I'm not going to make that my official prediction. I'm going to say the Bucs beat the Clippers in the uh, NBA Finals. Well, Brandon, this was great again. Let them know where they can find your work and where they can find you on Twitter and hit you up there. Absolutely. Uh, Check out dailythunder.com. I'm the beat writer there. And you can find me on Twitter at Brandon Rabar, and that's R-A-H-B-A-R. And uh, we post our Crossbolts daily videos and our podcasts on there and everything. So, so check us out on Twitter. Brandon, this was awesome. I appreciate it. Hey, thank you so much, Ryland. I appreciate you as well. So there you have it. The longest show in Locked on Thunder history was just recorded by, I think, all of our amazing guests that helped make this possible. And you should all be set now for the first round series against the Houston Rockets. My prediction officially on the podcast I've, I've changed it up for the last few days, but this is it. This is final. Lock me in. Thunder in seven. Let's go. Thunder win their first playoff series since Kevin Durant left. They're going to beat the Rockets in seven games. And if I'm wrong, you can clip this, and I'm sure Ryan Whale, our social media manager, will do that and tell me I'm stupid. But nonetheless, I've got Thunder in seven. Be back tomorrow for recap of game one against the Houston Rockets. Be good and be good to one another. We'll see you next time on Locked on Thunder. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked on podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. 